0: Guys, it is an utter privilege to stand here before you, and humbling to say the least. And we're going to look at God's word together, and it's going to go up on the screen so you can follow it um, on the screen behind me. The first words in this verse 4 says, as you come to him, as you come to Jesus. So if we come to Jesus and we're looking at his word, let's pray together that he will speak to us. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege that we have to come to you this evening. We thank you for the privilege that we have that we have your word and you speak to us through your word. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would just enlighten our minds and encourage our hearts that we can be worshippers of you, the living God. So, Father, just be with us and help us this evening. Help each one of us. Help myself and every person who's here. We're in this together to hear you speak to us. In the quietness this moment, we'll just each of us say this, Lord, please speak to me tonight. Help me to understand. Help me to know your way, your word for me tonight. Lord, we thank you that you are a faithful God and we can trust you. And we trust you with your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you see in the screen behind you, in verse 4, it starts, As you come to him, as you come to Jesus. He's described in these verses as the living stone. We come, in fact, to the rock on which our lives as Christians are founded. He has invincible strength and everlasting endurance. He is our protector and our security. He is the rock which is enemies' flounder. So if you stand against Jesus in your life, you will surely lose. If you stand against Jesus in your life, you will surely lose. No matter how strong and important Putin and Trump may feel, and they obviously do feel very strong and important, they will soon realise that they're mortal, and one day they will see their power and influence disappear. But what is true of them is so true for us. We are under God's authority, and He will either be our judge or His Son Jesus, the living stone, will be our Saviour. How do we say that? We say it because our Jesus, our Jesus is the living stone. He is alive, He is risen from the dead, and that gives Him authority over all creation and that is therefore authority over us and our lives many however reject him as you see in verse 8 and many will stumble and many because they reject him will fall verse 6 says the one who trusts him will never be put to shame and how does that be Romans 8 verse 1 those famous words There is therefore now no condemnation, there is no judgment, no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who trust the living stone, Jesus Christ. If you look at verse 5, 1 Peter, it says these great words, beautiful words, and you also. As Christians he says, these reassuring words to you and to me, and you also. We're included, were not left out in his great plan we are in fact described here to be like living stones being built together into a spiritual house a spiritual family but not on our own but with Jesus as the cornerstone the stone that makes it possible that without him would be lost and would fall apart Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our spiritual house when you think about Peter the writer of this letter he was a card who left Jesus at his greatest point of need until he met the risen Lord Jesus and then filled with the Holy Spirit he became a man of great courage and in fact he died a martyr's death why? because he trusted the living stone the living Lord Jesus He changed from being a card to being a spiritual giant. As you look at those verses, do you see the contrast between verse 5 and verse 6 where Peter quotes from Isaiah in the Old Testament? He says, those who trust the chosen and precious stone will never be put to shame. There will be no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But those who reject Jesus, they will stumble and they will fall. We're going to look at some words in these verses and they've been highlighted on the screen. And the first group of words that I want to look at is that word that says, chosen by God. We are chosen by God and precious to our Heavenly Father. We, as living stones, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we may be rejected by many, but be reassured of this and comforted about this. We are chosen people as it says in verse 9 and like Jesus if chosen then we're precious I was trying to think of an example of how I could express that and this is probably a very poor example but guys if someday the love of your life you're with her and you happen to say to her you know you're very precious to me she may laugh in your face and if she does I apologise it's not my fault and but she may think it's the most wonderful thing you've ever said to her. Now, if you say it to her later on tonight, she'll know that you've just in, so don't say that. But someday you may say to someone, You're very precious to me. And I may be totally wrong, but I re- imagine that she will think it's one of the most wonderful things you have said to her. I don't know why I'm chosen or precious to God. I know of many, many reasons why God should walk away from me and lead me to his judgment. But I trust him that he knows and understands. You are precious to Jesus and to his heavenly Father. Why? Because of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. He took our punishment for our sin upon the cross. None of this is because of what I could bring or you could bring to him. It's all about Jesus, the living stone. We are firstly chosen people, and therefore we are precious to God. Second words that are highlighted, as you see in verse 5, we are a spiritual house. Well, what do you do with stones? Well, some people will throw stones, obviously, but other people will build things. And Jesus wants to build us into a spiritual house. In fact, into the church. Now, in some Christian traditions, the building that they meet to worship as Christians is not called the church, but in fact is called the meeting house. They will not refer to the building as the church, but as the meeting house. And this is not a bad way to think about it. In fact, it's a very good way to think about it. We meet in a building... Which is not the spiritual house that Peter is talking about. No, we as Christians, as the living stones, are the spiritual house. The building we meet to worship in has a roof on it. And it's basically a roof on it to keep the rain off the church. The living stones, the spiritual house who worship below that roof. This is really important to understand, so please bear, me with, bear with me for a minute. Many of the early Christians came from the Jewish faith, and they considered the temple as being where God dwelt. So they missed the grandeur of the temple and all its pomp, and now they met maybe in somebody's house, or maybe outside, where they could find shelter. And Peter is saying to them, and he's saying to us, Do you realize that you guys are the new temple of God? as living stones God lives in you you are the spiritual house God lives in your lives you're the temple of the living God whether you meet in the grandeur of a big cathedral or in a wooden hut or in the open field or in a prison cell to worship it's the Christians as they meet to worship they are the temple of the living God they are the spiritual house. As we meet here this evening in this building, those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their saviour are the spiritual house. They are the church of Jesus Christ. On the cross, when Jesus cried, it is finished. The curtain in the temple in Jerusalem was torn in two. The curtain separated people from God's presence. It was the symbol of that It separated the people from the presence of God, the holy God. But it was torn from top to bottom, symbolizing that we can now have access to our creator God when we accept Jesus as our saviour and that he would live in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. It was torn from the top to the bottom, showing that this was God's initiative. He reached down to us. We did not reach up to him. He in his love and graciousness reached down to us. We are now part of this spiritual house as living stones. First we saw that we are chosen and therefore precious, and secondly we've seen that we are a spiritual house, the church and not the church is not a building. Thirdly, in verse 9, you'll see that we are a royal priesthood. What on earth does that mean? What has that got to do with you or me? This is so important to understand. The Jewish priest would make offerings to God for the people in the temple. They were, in fact, the go-between between God and the people. But because of the cross, we no longer need a priest to do this for us. We have Jesus, but we share with him a wonderful, wonderful privilege of being a priest, of being a royal priest, in fact. Can I explain this to you by telling you two true events that happened to me? And I hope it makes it clear and you'll understand better. About five or six years ago, I was actually speaking here and in the back row, there were a few people, and there were three folk, two fellas and a girl. And I happened to say that I was going to London the next day for a few days. I said nothing more about it, but I just happened to say that. And the chatting afterwards, those three folk spoke to me, and they said, Gilly, what do you hope to do in London? And I said, that I'll probably go to All Souls. In fact, I'll very definitely go to All Souls on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. I'll probably go to see a show, a musical, or something of that nature that's what I intended to do and I said to them guys they were about fourth year or fifth year I said guys would you do something for me would you pray for me because I'm just feeling tired and a bit down on it would you pray for me anyway I went to London I went to church on Sunday and on the Monday I was sitting in my hotel looking over London and normally I Every, every other night that I've ever been on, I've always been at something. But for some reason or other, which I didn't understand, I got out my Bible and started to read through Philippines. That evening, I spent two or three hours, which was totally unlike me, reading through God's word through the book of Philippines and praying. And I thought to myself, well, where did that come from? Where did that desire to read God's word, come from. It wasn't in my heart beforehand. I had no intention of doing it. I had every intention of going to see something in the West End. I came home on the next Saturday night. The three folk came up to me and they said, Gary, how was London? I said, It was great. And they simply said, We were praying for you. Now, I don't know whether it meant the three of them got together to pray for me or they did it individually. And as soon as they said, they were praying for me, I said, that explains it. That's why I was motivated to read God's word. Because they were royal priests. They came between God and me to pray for me. And that's what it means. It's to come between you and your friends, between God and your friends, and praying for them. That has been a royal priesthood. A few weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, a young man, I'm not sure he's here tonight, spoke to me and he said, Gilly, would you pray for a friend of mine who's not a Christian? He was being a royal priest for that friend. He was coming between God and this young fellow, his friend, to pray for him. And he prayed for that friend. And many of you will know the end result of that. He was being a royal priest for his friends. And that's what God calls us to do, to be royal priests for our friends and our families and our situations where we're coming and bringing them before God on behalf of these people. But as well as a priest doing that, there's another thing a priest does. He brings a sacrifice. If you look at verse 5, we are called To give spiritual sacrifices, not bringing a lamb or a dove, but ourselves. We've no need of a sacrifice for our sin because Jesus, the Lamb of God, gave Himself on the cross as the finished and final and perfect sacrifice for our sin. That's why Jesus cried on the cross, It is finished. It meant that the work of our salvation was achieved because the penalty for our sin was dealt with but he wants us to give ourselves to him our time and our talents our hopes and our ambitions and our dreams and our lives to trust him with your life and he will bring you through death into his glorious presence we are a chosen and precious people We are a spiritual house, not a church building, as he lives in us. We are a royal priesthood, bringing our friends and family to God on their behalf and also giving ourselves to him for his service. And finally, we are a holy nation. Our identity, my identity, is not governed ultimately by any flag or by any anthem, as good as they may be. But as Christian people, we belong to a new holy nation where colour, or gender, or race, or any other characteristic that this world might throw up to separate us. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. We are living stones, bound together with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone in his Holy Nation Verse 10 sums it up well Once we were in darkness but now we are in wonderful light Once we were lost but now we are the people of God Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy We are a chosen and precious people we're a spiritual house with Jesus at the cornerstone we are royal priests as we bring our friends and our family to him in prayer on their behalf and as we give ourselves to God and service and we're a holy nation where love abounds and justice reigns why do we do this as it says in verse 9 to declare the praises of him, that is Jesus Christ, who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's pray together, guys. Father, I just thank you that you've got a description of us which is um, beyond our imagination. We're chosen and precious to you. And if we really understood that, it would be overwhelmingly emotional for us. We thank you, Father, that we're a spiritual house, that you're binding us together, we're building us together to be the Church of Jesus Christ with Jesus as the cornerstone and we are the temple of the living God that you live within us Mm -hmm. we thank you Father that you can be you call us royal priests Mm -hmm. that we can bring our friends and our family and things that we're anxious about before you we can be that person between our friends and you to bring them before you to pray for them Lord So we thank you for that privilege that we can have. Lord, you call us to give up ourselves. Lord, you know our hearts. You know that we're rebellious more often than not. But thank you, Father, that you have given us opportunities just to come to you and say, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to do what you want me to do. Lord we want to work for your service for your kingdom not my own And Father thank you that you make us into a holy nation we are a new identity our identity is in Jesus Christ not in anything else the colour of our skin our nationality or anything else the common ground is Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross So Father we thank you for this and we thank you for Jesus and we thank you for the Holy Spirit who I pray has been working in all our minds and hearts so that we understand what you're saying to us as individuals we're precious because you know us by name so you've been speaking to us as individuals you know us by name Lord and so therefore we're precious to you so I pray a blessing upon every single person who's here I pray Lord you'd help myself as well That I will understand what I've been talking about this evening and be moved from my head to my heart and then out into my actions. Lord, I pray you'll be with each one of us. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior.